Hello everyone, welcome back to the Yukon Internal Medicine Ambulatory Podcast. Today we will discuss the diagnosis and management of vitamin B12 deficiency. Number one, epidemiology. The prevalence of vitamin B12 deficiency ranges from 1-2% in the general population to as high as 10-15% in older adults and hospitalized patients. In the developing world, dietary deficiency is the most likely cause. However, in resource-rich countries, most causes of vitamin B12 deficiency are due to problems with absorption. In addition, vitamin B12 deficiency can be accompanied by folate deficiency. Number two, clinical manifestations. The two primary clinical manifestations of vitamin B12 deficiency are macrocytic or megalocytic anemia and neuropathy. Other manifestations include pancytopenia, gastrointestinal features related to underlying conditions such as pernicious anemia, neuropathy, and neuropsychiatric features. The neurologic degeneration that occurs with B12 deficiency occurs due to demyelination typically in the spinal cord's dorsolateral columns, which controls vibration and proprioception. However, the white matter of the brain and peripheral nerves can also be affected. This is a condition named subacute combined degeneration. Symptoms will include paresthesias, numbness, ataxia, mainly of the lower extremities. Neuropsychiatric manifestations include cognitive impairment, mood changes, memory impairment, insomnia, and psychosis. It is essential to have a higher suspicion for patients at increased risk for vitamin B12 deficiency. For example, Patients with gastric abnormalities like pernicious anemia, gastrectomy, or bariatric surgery. Patients with small bowel diseases, including malabsorptive syndromes, bypass, inflammatory bowel disease, celiac disease, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and other important causes. Pancreatic insufficiency can be another culprit as well. The dietary sources of vitamin B12 are animal products, especially meat and dairy. The typical person needs an intake of 2 to 3 micrograms of vitamin B12 a day. We can compare that to the doses that we usually give for treatment, which are 1,000 to 2,000 micrograms daily. Dietary risk factors for B12 deficiency include a vegetarian diet during pregnancy, a strict vegan diet, and a breastfed infant of a mother with vitamin B12 deficiency. A very important cause of vitamin B12 deficiency are medications. Medications can block or impair the absorption of vitamin B12. Importantly, acid is required to separate vitamin B12 from other food molecules to allow its adequate absorption. The two most commonly prescribed medications that cause vitamin B12 deficiency are metformin and antiacids, particularly proton pump inhibitors or PPIs and histamine 2 receptor antagonists such as cimetidine. Other medications that cause vitamin B12 deficiency include neomycin and nitrous oxide gas, used both for anesthesia or recreational. Finally, inherited transcobalamin deficiency is another uncommon cause. Physical exam. On examination, the features to look for include signs of anemia, such as paler, shortness of breath, palpitations, etc. Glossitis and oral ulcers may be present as well. A thorough neurologic examination should be performed due to the neuronal degeneration seen with vitamin B12 deficiency. We should test for reduced sensation to touch, vibration and proprioception, weakness, abnormal deep tendon reflexes, ataxia and cognitive impairment. Number 4. 
diagnoses. A complete history and physical examination are the first steps. It is essential to ask focused questions to identify both deficiencies in dietary intake of vitamin B2 sources and risk factors for impaired absorption. Laboratory testing includes a complete blood count to look for macrocytic or megaloblastic anemia and hypersegmented neutrophils. These findings are caused by the dissociation of nuclear and cytoplasmic maturation in the bone marrow. Vitamin B12 levels should be checked and a low value confirms the diagnosis. When the value is borderline low or discordant with the clinical features, measurement of methylmalonic acid or MMA homocysteine and antibodies against intrinsic factor can be considered. A final diagnosis is made in three situations. First, if the vitamin B12 level is low. Second, if the metabolic testing for both MMA and homocysteine are consistent with efficiency. And three, if the patient is treated and there is an adequate response to that treatment. Depending on the cause, further diagnostic evaluation can be pursued. For example, antibodies against intrinsic factor when there is a suspicion of pernicious anemia. Number five, treatment. All individuals with documented vitamin B12 deficiency should be treated. There are multiple therapeutic options, including oral and parenteral forms. If a patient has concerning features such as severe or symptomatic anemia, neurologic or psychiatric features, parenteral treatment is usually preferred over oral treatment. The usual dose for the parenteral treatment includes 1,000 micrograms by deep subcutaneous or intramuscular injection once a week for the first month and then 1,000 micrograms monthly. Oral or sublingual vitamin B12 can be effective. Still, we should be careful to understand if absorption is the main problem for the patient because oral administration will not be the ideal option for those patients. The oral dose is 1,000 to 2,000 micrograms daily. The typical response to therapy is an initial reticulocytosis in one to two weeks following treatment, and then the resolution of the anemia comes in around four to eight weeks. However, resolution of the neuropsychiatric manifestations can take longer and sometimes may be incomplete if there are severe and long-standing deficits present. Patients with a chronic cause of vitamin B12 deficiency, such as pernicious anemia, should be treated indefinitely. Finally, Individuals at risk for vitamin B12 deficiency, such as strict vegans, gastric or bariatric surgery, and the other conditions we discussed previously, should receive oral vitamin B12 supplementation. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and continue to follow us in Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Have a great day.